This is Brewers on Tap. Welcome to Brewers on Tap, the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm Lane Grindle, your new host of the podcast, and I want to start by saying a big-time thank you to Jeff Levering for the work he did on this podcast and the groundwork that he laid for it as well. No question, he set a really high bar, and I hope to live up to it. also want to say thanks to the Milwaukee Brewers and their fans for the incredible warm welcome that my family and I have received since I accepted this position. There's no question this is a special place, and we're so excited to be a part of the Milwaukee Brewers organization, and the baseball family. As a reminder, you can get involved each and every week with Brewers on Tap by sending comments or questions to hashtag Brewers on Tap. Well, we have a lot on the docket for you this week. We're going to catch up with crew with outfielder Keon Broxton, who's making a strong push for one of those outfield positions, specifically that center field spot. And we're going to go prospect one-on-one with Jorge Lopez. Plus, we'll break it down with field coordinator and catching instructor Charlie Green. Also, a new segment of the podcast where at the very end of the show, we'll break down some Sabermetrics 101 for you. We'll take one topic, We'll explain what it is. Most of it's fairly simple. Some of it may be new to you. And hopefully that'll help us learn more about the game and the way it's being looked at through the eyes of Sabermetrics. But first, some news. The Brewers announced on Monday that they have made some roster moves, the first of spring training. To no one's surprise, it included many of the Brewers' top prospects that are slated to begin the year in either AA Biloxi or AAA Colorado Springs. Among those options were shortstop Orlando Arcia, outfielder Michael Reed, and pitchers Jorge Lopez, Damian Magnifico, Jacob Barnes and Adrian Hauser also reassigned were outfielder Brett Phillips, left-handed pitcher Josh Hader, and catchers Rene Garcia and Jacob Nottingham. The Brewers currently have 49 players in camp. Well, let's check in on how the club has done so far in the Cactus League. Well, the crew sits at 6-6-1 six, six, coming into Wednesday and have been led by right fielder Domingo Santana, who has only gone 10 for 18 with a 5.56 average, four doubles, a home run, four RBI, in five walks. Quite frankly, Santana's been one of the hottest hitters in the Cactus League so far. All right, let's chat with Keon Broxton. Let's catch up with the crew. This week as we catch up with the crew, we talk to outfielder Keon Broxton, who has made the move over to the Brewers this year after a trade with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Also spent some time in the Arizona Diamondbacks organization. Broxton is a tremendous run-and-jump athlete. He can really go get it out in center field. His offensive skills are really starting to develop. He's turned a lot of heads in camp, and I asked him about the competition at the center field spot specifically and how much that motivates him every day to get up. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, that's a good thing about, about this game is that uh, the competition. I think that's why a lot of guys play this game is, is for competition and, and to, to overcome adversity and, and, and to win. And, um, yeah, I, I love waking up knowing it's going to be a competition every day. I love coming and, and knowing I have to work hard to, to get something. And uh, the, whenever I actually succeed, it's going to be more worth it than it would if I just came in knowing I was going to have the position. So I, I think, um, yeah, the competition here is stiff. Uh, there's a lot of guys out there that can play. And um, a lot of guys have had time in the big leagues that, that, that can play as well. So, um, 
to come in and, and know I have to grind for the spot is fun and exciting, and I love it. Have you ever seen anything like this, this many guys kind of vying for one spot? Um, yeah, I've been, in, I've been in a log jam like this kind of before. Um, not, not so much as where there was eight guys competing for one spot. Uh, I've had it to where there was a bunch of guys competing for two spots maybe. But um, for it to be like this, when we're all competing for one spot, it's uh, I, I can't really say it's been like this before in my career. You've been in a couple of different organizations. What has the Brewers organization meant to you so far, and, and, and what have they been able to do for you that has maybe opened your eyes? Um, I, the Brewers, I, I really don't know yet. I know I've only been here for a couple weeks, but as far as I've been here, um, since I've come in, they, they've shown me a lot of respect. They've, uh, they've helped me out a lot. They've, they've shown me a, a lot about my game that they do like and a lot about my game they want me to work on. And I, I think that's helped me out a lot. I think I have a general idea of what player they want me to be. And um, I kind of have a general idea of what player I want to be as well. And it, and it kind of cor- correlates together. So it's, um, that, yeah, I mean, they're just helping me all around. You can really go get it in center field. I mean, we've seen that, obviously, so far in camp. I'm sure that's that's been something that's always kind of come fairly easy for you yeah uh ever since I've, I've been growing up i've always played wide receiver and uh played baseball in the outfield so and uh playing wide receiver you have to go get it you know you have to learn how to how to chase down balls and 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 make plays and i think that's something that i've i've developed over over my lifetime as to uh, running after balls and catching them so uh and uh back in the day when i was when I was like seven or eight, my dad used to toss a ball up like really high, man, and I would just like run and catch it. I think that's helped me out a lot. And it taught me how to how to really run and go get it. Keon Broxton is our guest on the podcast. Offensively, Darnell Coles, how have you clicked with him so far uh, in this experience? Oh, uh, really well. Um, I, I came in with a general idea how my swing is and, and my approach and, and my uh, my game plan on an everyday basis. And I've explained that to him and talked to him about it a lot. And he, he likes where I'm at right now. And um, he hasn't really helped me too much mechanically, um, except for telling me to stay tall, which is a big a big thing for me. Um, whenever I hunch over, the, the top of my helmet will look into the first base dugout. And it's hard to hit like that. And um, that's pretty much the only thing he's really he's really noticed that I need to work on is staying tall in my upper body. And that helps me out a lot. And um, mental, the mental aspect of the game is where I'm at right now. It's what I'm really focused on and, and working on trying to get better at. Um, throughout my career, I've really worked on, on the physical aspect as far as my stance, my swing, and all of that. So all of that's set right now. So now I'm just working on the mental aspect of the game. And Darnell, he, he's, he's one of the, the best guys to talk to about that. He's played in the game for a long time. He has a lot of knowledge in the game. So anything I have to ask to know, you know, I go straight to him, and he gives me great feedback. So, without giving too much away, you know, when you're when you're coming to the play right now, what are the things you're focusing on? Um, getting a good pitch to hit, man. Um, I, I, I like to try to cover um, middle to, to outer half of the plate, and um, as long as I'm covering that that part of the plate, then I, I'm usually pretty pretty well off during during the bat. It's just when I get away from that, it's when I start uh, you know chasing out of the zone. I try and do too much, and um, so yeah, just trying to cover the middle outside part of the plate kind of keeps me on everything. You mentioned earlier that it hadn't always been easy. You've, you've had your tough times, you know, coming up through the ranks. Uh, how do those make you better? Um, just uh, dealing with failure. Um, just learning how to how to how to change, how to how to adapt to um, to failure. Um, learning how how to make a change quick so that I could succeed. I think. Um, 
growing up in, in the minor leagues as I did, I failed a lot. You know, I had to had to learn what worked for me and what didn't work. And I think uh, I, I wouldn't change it any other way, man, because everything that, that I learned growing up, how bad I was before, it just turned me into a better player today. Keon, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Our thanks to Keon Broxton for joining us this week on the podcast. He has turned some heads in camp so far, showing some offensive ability and really flashing that athleticism out in center field. Here's what's on tap with the Brewers. Here's what's coming up this week for the Brewers. Eight Cactus League games in the next seven days, including a split squad on the 21st. Four games at Maryvale against the White Sox, Reds, Dodgers, and Angels. The regular season, of course, just around the corner. And listen to this offer. With under three weeks left to go till the opener, you could go get the ballpark pass. For just $49, you can get access to every Brewers home game in April, excluding opening day. 12 games for $49. Tickets are all delivered directly to your phone through the MLB.com ballpark app. Your seats will vary from game to game and will be located in either the Terrace Box, Terrace Reserved, Loge Bleachers, or Loge Outfield sections. Brewers.com slash ballpark pass. That's where you need to go if you want to take advantage of this great offering from the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, it's not been an easy road for Brewers' number three prospect, Jorge Lopez. While the right-hander has enjoyed considerable success rising through the Brewers' farm system, he's had bigger things on his mind. His son, Mikhail, is about to turn three, and after spending the majority of his first two and a half years in a hospital for an autoimmune disorder, he's finally out of that Cincinnati hospital and now in Phoenix to watch his dad pitch. I asked Jorge about this journey. I'm glad, you know, I'm glad he's back to home, uh, you know, uh, I was something I was waiting for a long time, and for one year and eight months where he was in the hospital, and you know we were looking for that, you know, just just be at home, don't no matter what what happened the situation, but we're close, and when we're close, so everything stays stronger, you know. So we're glad, we're happy back see him at home with us, you know. Uh, every every evening, I I came back to house and he he smiled all the time. You know, you know, just waiting for daddy or or for somebody coming to visit him. And you know, he he's happy. Jorge, over the last year, how big of a distraction and how difficult was that for you to focus on baseball at times, knowing that your son was going through what he was going through? Well, uh, my. My mind, you know, always been positive. Uh, where where I came, where I come from, you know, my my mom and my dad, they they pray a lot. They they believe in God, and and that's what one thing uh, stayed me stronger. You know, they I give that they give me that support, and all the teammates, all the coaches here in Milwaukee, you know, everybody was. You know, I feel good support, you know, and and that made me feel, you know, better. And when I came here to work and just focus on baseball and getting better every day. How much does it motivate you now to see him and, and know, hey, I can go out and pitch for him? Awesome, man. Yeah, I say it's, I don't have words for that, you know. It's something like it's good feeling, you know. It's a good feeling. And, see him at the field you know every time I go to the field see at the stands you know it's one it's one of the beautiful things for I think for everyone player you know and it's I'm happy for that 
You were called up in September last year. We were able to get a couple of starts, got a win in San Diego. What did that do for your confidence going into the offseason and coming into spring training? Well, you know, confidence always been really big for me. You know, I, I'm, I'm a guy where I'm working hard every day, no matter what. And, you know, that's where, uh, that's where I learned before, you know. We, we got a long season, long season where we... Uh, got, where we got our situation no matter what but we still working you know getting better that's what we want uh, get that ring and play off make the play off uh, you know uh, it's, it's, it's good man it's good for 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 us what are your goals in spring training what are the things you're working on specifically to get better well I, I'm working more on my curveball it's been pretty struggling uh, I got my uh, good command with the fastball and sinker, and getting better with the changeup. But still working on my curveball, and you know my goals. Uh, it's always been working hard every day, and and be on the big league. You know, uh, maintain the big league, help the team, help be a good teammate, and keep it learning. Do you feel it close? Like, can you taste it a little bit now that, that you're right around the corner? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, 100%, you know. And, and when they give me the opportunity, I, I will, I will, I will, uh, like, I will prove that. How invaluable is it to have the, the big league camp experience in spring training, get to see some of these guys in spring? Well, I've been learning a lot, you know. I, I like... Uh, what we doing here, you know, we get here and we just keep in working, uh, everybody's working and every stuff, everybody see good chemic, uh, like each one, you know, we got a really good group of guys. What has Derek Johnson been like to work with so far? Uh, yeah, he, he's been really good, you know, he, we've been talking a lot about my process, my delivery every year, you know, every start getting better, every start. So he, he, he know about it. Uh, you know, we, we. I think he's a war hard guy, and I, I really, I really like it. Uh, I, I really like that stuff he, he bring to us, and mentally and physical, you know, that like we need. Jorge, appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Now, Jorge is a big part of the Brewers' future, and we're all glad that his son figures to be a big part of the Brewer community as well. All right, it's time for Sabermetrics 101, and this week we're going to talk about OPS. OPS is a pretty simple statistic. It stands for on-base plus slugging percentage. It's exactly as it sounds, a player's on-base percentage added with their slugging percentage. What is a good OPS? Anything over 700 is considered average or above average. OPS has gradually made its way into the mainstream, and it's now often used in broadcasts and media around the game. It was first introduced in 1984. A newer version called OPS Plus has also been created, and that might even be more accurate because it takes into consideration the ballparks that the games have been played in. Well, there's no question that Jonathan Lucroy is one of the top catchers in the game of baseball, and one of the big reasons why he's such a good catcher behind the plate is because of the next man that's going to join us on the podcast. Brewers field coordinator and catching instructor, Charlie Green. Let's break it down. Charlie Green's our guest on the podcast. 
Brewers field coordinator and catching instructor. And Charlie, first off, it's great to have you with us. Um, secondly, take us through your daily duties. And I know that is hard to actually do because every day is a little bit different. Yeah, I'm a jack of all trades, but I organize spring training. I do the field schedule, how we run everything on the field from A to Z, from the pitching to hitting to defense, base running, how the fields are set up and how we use all four fields. So that's basically I put the schedule on paper and try to get the staff to follow it. And this is a interesting year for that because there's a lot of guys over here. Correct, correct. Yeah, we've had a lot of guys early, but a lot of guys early uh, – Let's see, for big league camp, there's a lot of guys here early, you know, because, uh, you know, uh, it's a rebuilding process. So uh, it's exciting. we got a lot of good players in this building now. All right, Charlie, so once the season gets going, what do you do on a daily basis in terms of, you know, keeping your eye on what's going on in the system from a catching standpoint and everything else? I travel from AAA down to the Dominican throughout the year. I'll spend five, six days. I would say, or a week at each affiliate, and then I go to another one. I'll spend about two, three weeks on the road, go home for a few days, and then, and then uh, you know, I'll go back out on the road. But I'm always following the teams online. You know, a lot of games are on TV, which is great. We follow the big league teams as well. So, you know, I, like I said, we follow from AAA down to, uh, I'd say, DSL. Now, you, you get reports, too, when you're not at some of those places? Are you getting reports back, or is it just kind of what you can find out on your own? Well, no, correct. I'm in constant contact with the managers, pitching coaches, uh, hitting coaches and the extra coaches, but uh, our managers do a nightly game report. So that goes that you know, everyone in the system, hitting coaches do report, pitching uh, all the reports, defense, base running. So, yeah, it's well-versed in all the different, uh, you know, areas. Let's talk catching a little bit. When you're looking at a guy, you know, and this is for some of the younger kids that may be listening or some of the parents that might be listening to the podcast, what are the things you're looking for in a catcher from a skill set standpoint? Well, the first thing, he's got to be able to receive the ball. That's that's your main job to receive and sit low and quiet, sort of like Lucroy does, but everybody's different. So everyone's got a different style. There's no one style to catch, but you want to sit low uh, and try to get as comfortable as possible because you spend half your life in that crouch position. So that's what I try to get the guys to get comfortable, but receiving, that's the number one goal. What are some of the drills that you try to get, especially young catchers, to go through to, to help improve their skill set? Our guys live off the machine. We got a, we have multiple machines here, and our guys catch hundreds of balls a day, thousands a week, you know, 10,000 during, uh, I would say, the whole year. So it's, it's reps, but it's good reps. It's not just reps. It's good reps. It's quality reps, but it is, you know, it's, it's countless hours in the cage or in the bullpen. You have worked with Luke basically his entire journey through the system and, and obviously to the point he is now. And he's regarded in Major League Baseball as one of the better pitch framers in baseball. What skill set does he have that allows him to do that? How much of that's just been acquired over the years with hard work? Well, both. It's both. Like his body type allows him to sit real low. He's a low pitch. Like he gets a lot of low strikes, which is which is big. And, and that's where you want the pitchers to pitch. So he controls the lower part of the zone. But he's developed that over the time. He didn't come in that way. He's really spent a lot of hours working on it you know of the framing and not moving the mitt but so you know he frames you know very good framer and I know all the different publications have the you know the stats I don't know how they keep track of them but all the stats now he's you know I would say he's one of the best ones and Maldonado another guy that's so good at throwing to bases not just throwing to second but but throwing on snap throws back to third or first to, to throw in behind the runners as well yeah, he's a weapon behind the plate. He's probably got the best arm in the big league. Just straight arm strength, you know. Yeah, but you know, and his accuracy, you know, it's gotten better. He throws from the knees. He throws the first. He makes picks. I know. He, I saw him pick one the other day. He picked on. Uh, I think it was Youngman bounced a curveball. But he, you know, he's a tremendous defensive catcher. But he's always had the arm. He's just cleaned up the footwork and the transfer. So you know, I, he's probably the best thrower I would say in the big leagues. All right, Jacob Nottingham, he's fairly new to the organization. I'm not sure that you've got a chance to spend a ton of time with him yet, but I'm sure you've done your research on him. 
Craig Council just said this week he is going to catch, and there was some talk about that before he came to camp. What have you seen from him so far, and what are the things that you're excited to work with him on as he works through the system? Well, I spent a couple weeks over in big league camp with him you know he's real excited he wants to catch and that's the first thing you know a lot of kids just catch the catch he wants to catch but uh you know he's taking instruction very well we're just trying to get him a comfortable base and sit low and receive but you know i think he's going to catch you know he's looked good so far he's caught in a few big league games i haven't seen him catching games only in practice because i came down before the uh, the game started but he's uh he i know he's looked real good and he's excited to catch how much does it differ from system to system in what organizations ask of their catchers? I think a lot. I think a lot. I know some some I know some teams might put an emphasis on the offense here. It's defense first. He's going to hit. I know the guys are going to hit, but your first priority is the pitching. And I want you to take care of the pitching staff. So that's the first priority here with all our catchers. If you ask LaCroix Maldonado, that's their first job. They may hit, and that's a bonus, but their first priority is to catch the pitcher. Charlie, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for giving us some time. Okay, thank you. And that's it for this week. Thanks to our guests, Keon Broxton, Jorge Lopez, and Charlie Green. I'm Lane Grindle. Thanks for listening to Brewers on Tap. Come on, let's rock this town. Come on, Brewers. Brewers, keep turning up the heat.